Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. It's easy to get caught up in the things of the world. I do. I think we all do. Thank God we can sing worship songs. Man, just singing those songs helps me recalibrate because everything around us is chaotic, it seems. Today I'm talking about peace on earth. In uh, 1955, a song was written that became the anthem cry of many people. The songwriter's name is Jill Jackson Miller, and she wrote the song after a divorce from her husband. She became suicidal, and the lyrics of the song became a soothing balm to her soul and a prayer for many. So I want to sing that song for you. Maybe you recognize it. If you know it, sing along. Let there be peace on earth And let it begin with me Let there be peace on earth The peace that was meant to be With God as our Father Brothers, all are we. Let me walk with my brother in perfect harmony. Let peace begin with me. Let this be the moment. With every step I take, let this be my solemn vow to take each moment and live each moment in peace eternally. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. It's amazing that song is written out of pain. She went through a divorce. She was suicidal and she wrote a song that affected millions of people. We long for peace on earth. But how much longer will it take? Well, it depends on how long it takes Jesus to come back. What to expect after Jesus returns? Expect peace on earth. Expect peace on earth. See, we currently live in a chaotic, divisive world. And we elect leaders thinking that they're going to bring peace, but they fall short. But one day, the world will elect a leader who will bring peace for three and a half years and people will worship him as their savior. Sadly, he will show his true colors, which sets into motion the last three and a half years of the world as we know it. You know the song? It's the end of the world as we know it. That's coming. Jesus will come back 
He'll reign as king of kings and lord of lords on this earth for a thousand years, and Satan will be put in the abyss. But even that peace, biblically speaking, will not last for the entire thousand years. That's called the millennium. Because Satan will be let loose at the end of that thousand years. So why? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's only after he and his minions and the hostile enemies of God who reject God's rule are thrown into the lake of fire at the end of that thousand years, which is hell, that we'll finally have perfect peace on earth for eternity. The old will pass away, the new will come. That's why Jesus says, I make all things new. And then as the prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 11, the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. What's happening there? Isaiah's prophesying thousands of years in the future that haven't even happened yet, that one day the peace will be so incredible that animals will even get along with each other. That's the peace we long for in the new creation. What a beautiful world that will be. So why only then will we have peace on earth? We will have peace on earth because there will be no more curse. That's a big thing. There's a curse that's heavy on this world, on on people. And one day that curse will be lifted. You see, the world was created for mankind and mankind for the world. And the Garden of Eden was supposed to be heaven on earth, a perfect example of a peaceful world. Adam and Eve lived in perfect unity and union as God was in charge. There was one problem, though. Satan had entered the garden and inhabited it. Earlier, I stated that the end of this world, a new world comes, Satan will be given an opportunity to, again, do his chaotic, deceitful things. But although Jesus will be on the throne during that millennium, Satan will be given an opportunity at the end of that thousand years to reveal who is for Jesus and who is for Satan. See, that was the case in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were given a chance to reveal how much they trusted God and who really was in charge. Adam bombed. Eve fell. And all people after them the same. A curse came upon mankind and the earth, and the curse is still active today, but one day it will be finally be lifted. Look, Revelation 22, read it with me. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. Finally, there will be no more chaos. There will be no more disorder. There will be no more death. And we will live and serve God together the way it was meant to be. Don't you long for that world? I do. See, this current world that we live in, the earth, do you know that it longs for that world too? Look at Romans 8. For we know that the whole creation, that's everything, has been groaning together with labor pains until now. What has the creation been groaning for? Redemption. A new creation. Our bodies are even groaning for that as they pass away and are renewed and rebirthed into a new body, a glorified body. We long for that day to come. See, the body was meant to live eternally when Adam and Eve were created. But we die. 
because God said, if you eat of that, you will die. And when God says something, he means it. So we have had this sin passed down to us, all mankind, a curse. But because of God's grace, guess what? The believer, the one who trusts Christ, knows that this earthly body will one day be renewed and become a new creation. In fact, the Bible says this, that we are already that new creation. Here's the thing, it's already a done deal. But we groan for it like the earth. Romans 8.23 says, and not only that, we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. See, our body and the earth's body, all of creation, guess what? Groans for redemption. Why? Because the earth was cursed when Adam sinned. Look what happened. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. The ground, or the earth, is cursed because of you. Why is there chaos? Why is there pain? Why is there death? Because of the curse. And ever since then, ever since Genesis chapter 3, the ground, the earth, has been groaning for redemption. Have you ever thought of this? The earth is God's creation, and it longs. When I look at the trees, and I look at the beautiful day today, and the breeze blowing, the earth is longing for it to be renewed, to be made new. That's incredible. That's God's plan. One day, like our bodies, this earth will be a new earth. The old will pass away like our body, and they'll be given a new body. Think about the relief of having no more curse. All the pain, all the sickness, all the evil forever wiped away. The delete button pushed and a new operating system takes over. I long for that day. And in Revelation 21, what does it say? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. Hallelujah. I long for that day. No more death. No more pain. No more grief. No more sadness. Have you ever felt like you've been dealt a bad hand? We all feel that because of the curse. And one day everything will be the way it's supposed to be. And the church should know this. But until then, guess what? It's a battle. It's a fight. We're in a fight. Why? Because the devil wants to run the show. And he knows that his demise is near and he's pulling out all the stops. You know, 2020, my gosh, how many more things can happen? But here's the thing. Don't give Satan more credit than is due. This is all orchestrated, allowed sovereignly by the plan and purpose of God. Satan has to ask permission to do anything. So we have to know that even though Satan looks like he's running around rampant and just doing whatever he wants, there's a purpose. And the biggest purpose is to draw people to God for peace, for comfort, for truth. And the church should be telling the truth. We shouldn't be telling lies. We shouldn't be giving fake news. We should be giving good news the truth of Jesus Christ. And one day, 
I long for this day. Satan is going to get his butt kicked, which he already did on the cross. Okay, we already know that. But he's running around. He's like going, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want because I know one day he knows. You don't think he knows? He knows. He knew in the garden what God said. He twisted it, changed it around, and deceived Eve. But he knows. He knows one day he's going to hell forever. And then we will have peace on earth because there will be no more devil. Hallelujah. Think about how different the world would be. Now, think about how different the world is today than 50 years ago. See, 50 years ago, or whatever you want to say, decades ago, although evil existed, it was tempered by human conscience and sensitivity to sin. That's all gone. God's word was at least respected. The church was important. Prayers were lifted up, even in public places. What was once taboo began to be accepted as normal, and the limits were pushed over the decades to see how far can the devil go? How far can we go? How far will the people, how far will the world let us go? The media and the sympathizers and the enablers, that was the main vehicle, I believe, that Satan used. It's not a coincidence that he's called the prince of this world, the prince of the air. The devil uses whatever he can to push his agenda. And he uses people to push his agenda. This is what makes me sad. That entire time, the church in general remained silent. And here we are today, being pushed around. The world we live in today did not happen overnight, ladies and gentlemen. We live in the reality of a Romans chapter 1 world where God has given over to people their sinful desires, their reprobate mind, whatever they want. What used to be called evil is called good. What's good is called evil. And it's not even that. They promote it and they lambast you if you disagree with them. That's the devil. He's using people. The world received the leaders they want, godless and evil leaders. God is judging this world by handing them over to themselves. Think about how fast things change in six months. A virus was released into the world, and the world leaders saw it as an opportunity to see how far they could go to control people. If in January of this year, a governor or a mayor or an elected leader would tell you that you could not go to church, how would you have reacted if someone said that in January? If in January you were told that you could not go outside of your home unless you were an essential worker, whatever that is. I know there are essential workers, but everybody should be an essential worker, especially the church. For 15 days, they said, which turned into, what are we, seven months later? Would you have believed it? In January, if you were told that you could not send your kids to school, you couldn't eat in a restaurant, you couldn't go to a movie, you couldn't go to a funeral, You couldn't visit your grandma. By the way, I'm so happy. I got to do a a FaceTime. It was a time thing. My mom got to go see her mom, which is my grandmother. She's going to be 101 years old in November. And she got an hour to spend with her mother. And she FaceTimed me. And I got to talk to my, my grandma, my abuelita. Now, I understand that we live in a COVID-19 world and precautions should be taken. But if you do not see 
the way that this authority is being abused, then you're blind. It's the devil. It's Satan running rampant, trying to take over people's lives, trying to take over God's church. See, people love power. The devil wants worship. And he'll hand that over to whoever wants to work with him, whoever will allow him to do his agenda. It's time to wake up. And frankly, the hypocrisy of allowing other large gatherings, riots, and those kind of things to continue is just deceitful and hypocritical. But it's the devil. Ephesians chapter 6 is very clear that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. We're fighting at the spiritual forces behind those people. Sadly, those people are allowing the devil to use them. But we have to see things clearly. That's how you have perspective. That's how you can even have peace in the midst of chaos. See, the devil is the father of lies. He's the author of chaos. And thank God, one day this will all end. Revelation 20. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire, hell, and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is a real place, and it's intended for the devil and his minions. It was not intended for people, but if people choose to follow him and worship him and reject God and reject their creator, they have made a choice. There's a line in the sand, and it's drawn by the word of Christ. And he says, if you believe in me, then you have life eternal. If you don't, you will have death eternally. And this is not annihilation, by the way. Look at that verse. This doesn't mean that you like go to sleep and you're in some dark place. This is actually torment day and night forever. That's a real thing. Sadly, the church doesn't talk about this. We need to talk about this because it's true. One day, this world will pass away. And if you're not in Christ, in faith in Christ, if you don't have the Spirit of God, sealed by the Spirit of God, by faith in Christ, you do not have life. But if you do, then there's a better day ahead. Whatever happens, we know where we're going. Once we pass away from this earth, we're with Jesus in heaven eternally. So the next thing is we will have peace on earth because we will see God's face. Don't you long to see his face? If every person on this planet longed to see the face of God, it would be a different world. But they don't long to see the face of God. They're blinded by the devil. And the battle is real. Listen, I have a hope. You should have a hope that a better future lies ahead. His name is Jesus. Our hope is alive. And one day we will see him face to face. Revelation 22, 4. They will see his face, Jesus, and his name will be on their forehead. Think about that. Apparently, what this is saying is that when we receive our new glorified bodies, it'll include the name of Jesus on our forehead. That's an awesome tattoo. Think about it. 
that's redemption and adoption and all the things that we long for, which have already happened spiritually, one day will happen physically, in materially. It will happen materially. Okay? What's happened spiritually to the believer will all happen materially. And we will see God face to face. Right now we see a dim shadow or a mirror. But one day we will see face to face and we will know everything. Why did this happen, Lord? You'll know. Why did you allow this to happen? You'll know. There'll be no more pain, no more death, no more grief, no more crying. So what should I do to be ready? You should experience peace now. Experience peace now. How do you do that? Because if you don't have perspective and you just listen to the voices of the world, you won't have peace because it's chaotic. But your spirit is new. Your heart is renewed. You have the spirit of Christ. That's why Jesus said this. Now, this is important. John 14 Because Jesus is laying out that, you know what, I'm going to leave for a while and I'll come back and take you to be with me. But don't worry because I'm leaving my peace. Is that what he says? Peace, I leave with you. Peace, I give you. How is he leaving it? His spirit. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God lives in you, therefore you have peace. Peace like a river that flows. You know, next week I'm going to talk about a new heaven that will come. And then the week after that, a new earth. See, that peace that I'm talking about, that peace that is to come, you can have that now. You can see things for what they really are. You can know peace because you know Jesus. You can sing that song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me because you have God in your heart. You can love your brother because you have God in your heart. You can even love your enemies because you have God living inside of you. This is not a test per se, but it is a practice. Are you practicing peace or are you focused on the chaos? Look, I'm just like you. I mean, I look at what's going on I'm like, What in the world? So we have to trust God even in that. We have to have peace. We have to have peace that God is working everything out for his glory. You know, I don't know how much longer I'll be here on this earth. Neither do you. And until God decides to take me out of this place, I'm going to preach truth. Because it's the truth that sets us free. Do you hear that? Do you want peace? No, Jesus You know that saying, no Jesus, no peace, and then N-O, no Jesus, N-O, peace? Well, it's true. Peace on earth, the way that we want it, and the way that even that song expressed, the reality of it, we only can get a glimpse of that maybe. But one day, it is going to happen. So if you don't know Jesus, you won't know peace. Let me pray for you first. If you never ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and King of kings and Lord of lords. Do it now, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, say it out loud. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I believe in you. I want you to be the Lord, the King of my life, the King of my heart. I'm sorry for all my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. 
Thank you for dying on the cross so I didn't have to do that. Thank you for taking my penalty upon you so that I don't have to be penalized for my sin. I can walk in grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being seated at the right hand of God. And you're even praying for me now. Thank you that you're coming back soon. Thank you, Lord, that you have a place for me that you've prepared. And thank you, Lord Jesus, the one that created the universe would create a new universe and a new earth where there will be peace on earth and even the wolf will lie down with the lamb and everyone will get along in peace. Why? Because Jesus will be Lord. Is Jesus Lord of your life? If not, you need to give up and surrender to him. I mean, totally. And it's a daily thing. Lord, I'm sorry that I focus on what I'm hearing on TV and I focus on what I'm hearing from my friends over what you're saying to me. I'm sorry, Lord, that I live for now instead of eternity. Listen, unless Jesus comes back, we'll have a 2021. Who knows? But what I know is that God is in control. And by that, I have peace. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in our life. Thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, forgive us when we try to hold on to things that were not meant for us to hold on to. Minister to the people, Lord, that need you and open the eyes of the blind so that they can see and come into the kingdom of God where you are Lord and the devil is a loser. We thank you that you are in control, Lord Jesus. In your name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.